everybody. Welcome back to the Chiefly Football Podcast. I am the underqualified host, Kinlock, and joining me today is Dave. Dave missed last week, so me and Staten were, were able to do an episode, and we were hoping to get Staten on again tonight, but he's busy, so hopefully we'll be able to get him uh, for our next episode when we preview the 2022 season. Um but Dave, thanks for joining me and talking a little Chiefs football now that the Chiefs have finalized their 53-man roster, tentatively finalized. Yep, tentatively it's going to change, um, you know, down down towards the bottom uh, of that roster. Uh, we'll see some transactions, maybe picking up some people uh, that we think might be an upgrade in the current roles and, and maybe even a trade here or there. Uh, to get some value of maybe somebody who's on our roster that somebody else needs that maybe we didn't necessarily want to waive. Um, Veach might be ready to wheel and deal a little bit, but yeah, we're excited. It's, uh, you know, it, it's unique being in this situation where, you know, we're looking at our number five receiver or, or our number six offensive lineman uh, where I was looking at the roster cuts of, of everybody in the NFL. And I'm looking at like the Jaguars. I don't know anybody that got cut from them. So it's, you know, there's where we're, we're dropping some names where we definitely know what people are going to pick them up and there'll be value someplace else just because of the depth of our, our roster and how good our team is, but there's still some, some interesting, uh, you know, moves that where we've kept uh, players in positions that maybe we thought would be a little bit deeper in other positions. So I'm excited to talk about about some of those some of those moves, although the reality is Veach and Andy know what they're doing. So <laughs> still still fun for us to play, play pretend that we know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's that's just yeah. The general idea of this entire podcast is just guys <laughs> think that they know what they're talking about, and then everything changes when Andy and and Beach decide to show us how it's done. So. Yes. Well, everybody, everybody outside of one Arrowhead drive thinks they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so the only difference is the talking heads on the radio and TV really believe that they know what we're talking about. We recognize that, that, that A, they don't, and neither do B, we, but you know what? We're happy to entertain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, hopefully we can bring some, uh, yeah, just just add some excitement to to Chiefs fans what they're experiencing and kind of explain maybe some some of the reasons why we think Andy and and Brett made some of the choices that they did. Um, so you know, hopefully, it makes sense to people. We're just going to give them kind of a layman's um, perspective. Right on. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so this is a, a big day in the NFL. Um, my wife doesn't, I don't know, she, she feels bad for a lot of the players today because a lot of their NFL dreams ended today. So I don't know. It's kind of a somber thought to talk, think about. I don't think people ever really talk about it, um, about how these are people with dreams and been dreaming about it since they were little kids to be able to play in the NFL and I think a lot of them, I mean, are just happy with the opportunity to be able to 
have been practicing and playing under, you know, Andy Reid or Bill Belichick or a lot of these, you know, coaches. And that's still something that they're going to be able to share with their kids um, in the future and everything. So um, really cool for all, you know, all the players that, um, that got invited to training camp and got invited to rookie mini camps and stuff like that. But um, I don't know, there's definitely a human element to, to today just because, you know, a lot of people didn't get the job that they that they were hoping they got, and um, and they worked really hard, you know, put everything that they had into into trying to make the teams, um, and it just didn't go their way this time. Hopefully, a lot of them do get other opportunities, especially you know players that get kept, get cut from the Chiefs. The Chiefs, as one of the best teams in the NFL, most a lot of the teams, half the league would take their leftovers just because of the depth that the Chiefs have, but. Um, definitely a tough day for a lot of a lot of people today. Yeah, it it really it really is. So, um, but you know what? That's the nature. Of it and it is. It's the nature of the business, right? It's um, it's they're competitive, and and it's just as hard on the coaches because they develop a relationship with these with these players and know the commitment that they've made and and. You know, I know, you know, we've read articles where, you know, when, the, when these cuts take place, a lot of times it's not uncommon for position coaches to reach out to other teams um, to, um, you know, give give references on these players. And and, you know, especially if they know, you know, there's a there's a need um, for that. So, uh, you know, there's. You know, there's it's it's just kind of a unique situation, but I think anybody who's been involved in a in a team sport, especially at that football level where everybody's made such a commitment, um, there's there's that emotional attachment of of uh, that only comes from working working and overcoming obstacles together. So, uh, you know. And maybe somebody somebody there is going to move on and become a dentist. <laughs> so there's always the XFL. For them. There's always the USFL now. There, that's yes, there is. So let's talk about this roster. All right. So Chiefs are down to 53, and there might be a little change that we've already been made aware of um, regarding one of our linebackers, but we'll get to that when we get there. So let's go ahead and start with quarterbacks. Possibly a controversial decision was made here. Past couple of years, Andy Reid's only gone with two quarterbacks on the roster, Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney. But this season, he went with three and kept Shane Bouchelle as the third quarterback. What are your thoughts on keeping three quarterbacks on the roster? Uh, you know, the, the only second guessing I would do is, and, and as we identify some of the other positions, by keeping the three quarterbacks, it takes away from a, the p- potential of depth somewhere else. And I think that maybe, that maybe there is a player who could provide, who could add value into those other, other positions. You know, we've had Chad Henney as our backup for the last couple of years, several years. And Bouchelle evidently has proven himself as, as valuable enough to earn that 53 man spot in, in in fact, a lot of times or a lot of things we're hearing is that if if he were left off, there's a likelihood that he would get signed elsewhere, uh, you know, whether it would be Chicago where Ryan Poles is or out in 
out in in New York as as a backup where Kafka has moved on to, which is really a, a tribute right to what Andy does with quarterbacks because yeah. now Bouchel yeah. is 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 one of there. Uh, I think you know in my mind with with the schedule that the Chiefs face, if we're going to be reliant upon a backup quarterback for any meaningful time, uh, meaning more than one game, it's not going to matter whose 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 name is on the back of the jersey. It's going to be up to the coaching staff and the other players being able to execute in spite of in spite of the quarterback, uh, because our schedule is just too tough. I mean. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether Henny or Bouchelle is, is facing the San, the Los Angeles Chargers or or even the revamped Denver Broncos with, with Wilson back there. It's, you know, the other players are going to have to make the difference. So to me, yeah. I don't care who's, who's who that backup quarterback is. So if there was only one of them, I would be I would be fine with that. Yeah, and like you said, I, I think it really just – I mean, they can they can be interchangeable. They both have different strengths and weaknesses. Henny has his experience um, both in the offense and in the league playing games. Bouchelle, I think, has a little bit more to offer as far as his skill set, mobility. We saw him scrambling around a lot, making plays with his legs. Got a, got a good arm, and he's just kind of just seems like kind of a baller, like just you, likes, likes to make plays. And if it comes down to it, wouldn't you rather give him the opportunity at to gain that experience? Yeah. Then rely on Henny and hope. I, I mean, for old Chiefs fan, Henny back there would be Steve DeBerg. <laughs> he, he knows what everything to do, but he probably can't execute on a lot <laughs> of them because he's gotten so old. So yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I and it just takes, like you said, takes depth away potentially from other positions. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But um yeah, we'll see if if that's something that sticks throughout the season or if you know, maybe Bouchelle mysteriously appears on the on the IR somehow <laughs> and frees up a spot. <laughs> no, it would be Henny showing up on the. There you go. Yeah, on the IR and then moved yeah. off. You know. Yeah. After the fifty-three man roster. So. <laughs> All right, moving on to running backs. So this is a little different from last season. Um, last year, the Chiefs went with. Three starting, well, yeah, three starting running backs plus the fullback, totaling four running backs. This year, um, they kept an additional running back, namely Ronald Jones, the third. Um, so they kept him on, which is a bit of a surprise to me. Um, and it seems like to a lot of other people, just um, because they kept three running backs previously um and we've seen good things from isaiah pacheco the late round pick for us this year mckinnon's back and he's got some he's still got the juice that you know that brings a lot to this offense and he impressed us at the end of last season ceh obviously you know still leave has left some to be desired but still has the potential to um to show a lot on this offense so it surprised me a little bit uh, to see Ronald Jones there again, just because you could potentially have another player at wide receiver or defensive back or linebacker, you know, somewhere, you know, where we could throw more numbers at to potentially strengthen that position group that might be weaker. 
So why do you think he's still there? I mean, the reason I would like him on the team, um, and I'm kind of glad that he is, is just because the big his big body. I mean, he kind of steps in that Daryl Williams role from last season, um, and the Chiefs are going to need that. They've struggled in the last couple of years uh, to run the ball when they really need to and when the defense is expecting them to. So that's in the red zone at the goal line. Um, and at the end of games when they're winning and they're trying to put the game away and they need to run the ball, run the clock. So he kind of has the body and has the skill set to be able to do that for the Chiefs, whereas the other few running backs, unless you want to have Michael Burton, our fullback, trying to do all that stuff, um, you know, they're not going to be able to to do that as effectively. So I do like the idea of having Ronald Jones there. But again, it's just the the trade off, just like with the quarterbacks. I mean, there's just trade offs to to making some of these decisions. And I guess we'll see if it was worth it. Um, but, but if that's, I mean, if I'm Andy Reid and, and Brett Veach and I kept him, that's, that's the reason why I've kept him. Yeah. In addition to the depth that he provides, you know, McKinnon and CEH are both injury prone and they, and they consent, they continue to be that even with the chiefs. Right. So, and you're certainly not going to, Andy's not going to rely on Pacheco to have to step in if, if, as those players go down, at least until later in the season as, as he's gained experience. So to have somebody like, like a Rojo um, with that experience, um, Andy would certainly be very comfortable in, in turning to him because, uh, um, because of the success that he's had previously as well. Um, so I think, I think a lot of, Rojo being on there will be dictated by what Pacheco does, right? The more, the more success that he sees that will take, you know, that's going to take um, the ball out of, out of Jones's hands, right? His touches will, would diminish as a, as a direct result, which would be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. If, if Isaiah is everything that they think, you know, they think he's going to be and and remember Veach said that there was going to be, some undrafted free agents that he felt that were going to be thousand yard rushers in the, in the NFL. So maybe, maybe this is who, one of those that he was speaking of. Right. Yeah. And then just as a note, um, Derek Gore was one of the noticeable running backs that obviously got cut. I think he got cut to start the season last season. Um, but then they ended up bringing him back on for depth as like you mentioned, um, or some of our other running backs struggle with injuries throughout the year. So, um, and he got an injury, you know, because he, he broke his hand. So they released him, gave him an injury settlement. So he's a free agent with the intent that that they would likely try to bring him back once he heals. Right. Um, all right. So we'll move on to two wide receivers next. Um, we kind of alluded to, you know, how there's the, the numbers here. Uh, last season, Chiefs went into the regular season week one with six wide receivers. This season, they're rolling out with five. Um, I guess it's, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I'm just surprised just because Andy Reid seems like they've just had a system the last couple of years, and they've been consistent with how they do it with two quarterbacks, the three running backs plus the fullback, um, six wide receivers because the the two wide receivers at the bottom of the depth chart play a big role in special teams. Um, and it looks like the wide receivers that we're, we're going to be rolling out there. Um, 
I mean, McCall Hartman will play special teams. Sky Moore will. I think Justin Watson does, but I mean, yeah, Juju and MVS aren't obviously. Um, but yeah, there's not that sixth guy who's just like the Marcus Kemp, who's or Darius Fountain, mm-hmm. um, who's just really strictly going to be playing special teams. So it'll be interesting to see what our special teams looks like without some of those players that Dave Tobe historically has relied on to be some of his most dependable special teams players. Agreed. Yeah. Um, since we'll be covering position groups, I don't know that we'll really talk special teams, but you, you'd have to question how deep is our special teams? I mean, there's, they're totally overhauled, right? Even our money Watts is gone. Uh, so it's, you know, I mean, Sorensen's gone, right? Even <laughs> so there, this is a complete overhaul in special teams and it didn't look like they're using any of the wide receivers to help fulfill those roles that we've seen in the past. That being said, I think our wide receiver room is a lot stronger than it was last year with the exception, obviously is Tyreek. We don't have that, you know, and we don't, we don't have one of the top three or four wide receivers in the league anymore, but definitely the true through five are certainly better than what we had previously. So I'm excited to see what Mahomes can do with the skill set of these bigger receivers without the uh, luxury of Tyreek Hill, but also without the demands that coming with a Tyreek Hill, right? That, and we see that now he's complaining that he didn't get the ball enough in, in Kansas city. So I think it'll be exciting to see if, if our offense is equal to what it was and you and Staten mentioned it last, last episode is Mahomes going to turn into more of a Tom Brady and, and uh, Peyton Manning and the player who, who, who makes the receivers uh, or are we going to see this offense struggle? Not necessarily because of anything that we're doing this other than the schedule and then we're seeing Tyreek go off in Miami and then all the fans turn and are, are complaining why we didn't sign Tyreek because, because he's making, he's making Tua look amazing. <laughs> so, we know how fast, how quickly fans will forget the reasons why decisions were made. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, yeah. They'll be upset they'll, about, they'll, they'll eat their own. Tyreek. Yeah, they'll be upset about losing Tyreek, but then they won't think about all the draft picks that we got and the players that are being successful in their roles right now because of that trade. And I don't know. Yeah. As soon as Scanling drops a touchdown pass, everybody, <laughs> they're going to be, where's Tyreek? Especially if you see on sports that are Tyreek scores three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think Tyreek Hill will be successful, but he'll be fine, but he's, not going to be in the playoffs. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really excited for this wide receiver group. I'll probably get more in depth about what the wide receivers bring when we get to our next episode and pre- kind of preview the season and preview the offense and the defense and kind of what we're expecting from both units. But um, yeah, like you said, just the depth there at wide receiver, like um, Justin Watson at number five. I mean, he, he showed a lot of things that I had been looking for personally in a wide receiver that I feel like Patrick Mahomes has needed um, kind of referenced it in the last episode, but just the things that Travis Kelsey does well 
you know, being smart and aware and finding the open spaces in a defense, even if he's not like a track star or anything, he just knows where to be. And he's on the right, the same page as Patrick Mahomes. And so they're just able to make magic. And I think that Justin Watson has shown similar, um, similar abilities. And I mean, he went to Yale, so he's a smart guy. And he played with Tom Brady. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he just knows. Um, and I, I've just even seen him like just, or I've heard him, you know, comments that Mahomes has made about just the interactions that they've had and how Watson is still, he's really trying to learn Mahomes and the things that he does that are unique so that he can be where Mahomes needs him and wants him to be. So um, he just seems like one of those grinders who, um, who's going to overachieve in the league just because he, he works hard and um, he just does the little things right. So I'm really excited for, for what he can bring. And then just all the athleticism and the size, at, you know, in the other positions. And so definitely excited for the wide receiver group. And I think that's why they only went with five is it's, it's kind of a vote of confidence for those wide receivers that, you know, we don't need to throw numbers at this position group because we know you guys can all contribute in meaningful ways. Whereas before last season, we talked about how we didn't have a number two receiver. We had three number threes or something like, yeah. So it's just like, you know, we have solid wide receivers who can contribute. And I think each of these are, each of these receivers are capable of going for a hundred yards any given game. So, um, and I think they'll have those opportunities this season because there's not that one person who's going to be demanding all of the targets. Um, but if there is somebody who is demanding a lot of targets, it's going to be a tight end. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. And he's the reason why I'm not worried about losing Tyreek Hill, because I think Travis Kelsey has always been the most important piece other than Mahomes of this offense. <clears throat> well, I guess specifically paired with Patrick Mahomes, that duo combination is has been more important than, you know, than any of the other ones that they've tried. So um very happy that it was that it was Tyreek that was traded and not Travis Kelsey. Um and I'm really excited about the other tight ends that that they that are on the roster. Um we ended up going with three, well, four tight ends technically. Um Blake Bell was hurt. So he officially made the roster. Um but as I kind of alluded to earlier, he's expected to be put on IR to make, <clears throat> to make space for um, a player that got cut earlier today um, to actually make it back onto the team. So realistically going into week one, the Chiefs will actually have three tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, a rookie from last season, and then Jody Fortson, the uh, preseason darling from the last few seasons. So um you know, and, part of just, the, and just to clarify exactly why that happened is knowing Bell is injured, if we were to if if we were to put him on injured reserve prior to him being put on the 53-man roster, he would be lost for the season. By by putting him on the 53-man roster initially uh, and then moving him to IR, um, he only has to miss four games or, or four games. We can we have the ability to bring him back. So obviously they think based on his injury and subsequent surgery that he'll be back. Uh, but that was, that was the reasoning of leaving him in that, on that roster spot, even if it was momentarily. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of procedural things that the Chiefs or that every NFL team kind of has to do. Um, I, just, I noticed that the Cowboys only kept one quarterback, Dak Prescott, on their 53-man roster. It's yeah. Just, and, I, and they didn't keep any any kicker. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like teams are just they're It's a puzzle, especially today when they're just trying to figure out exactly what rules that they have to follow to make certain things work. And so, yeah. So thanks for pointing that out. There's just some things that they have to do a certain way to make sure that they get the team where they need it to be. Um, um, but I guess I also just wanted to point out, um, let's see, what was his name? The tight end that got hurt. Um, Bushman, Matt Bushman. Bushman. Yeah. From BYU. Yeah. Yeah. So he had two touchdowns in that, that third game. Um, and, you know, I think he had had a pretty good camp. Um, and I remember watching him at BYU. I thought he was, he was a really good player. He just, he struggled with, with injuries at BYU. Um, and so it's not a great, great sign to see him hurt again. Um, but I mean, I think that just shows again, just like the depth and the eye for talent that Veach has. And, um, you know, we're not going to see him again this year, but he could be somebody to watch again next season at the tight end position. Um, but Fortson, he's, he had a great preseason once again, and um, Noah Gray's starting to come along too. So, you know, on top of the, we only kept five wide receivers, but I think there's a lot of confidence in the tight ends and, and how they can contribute in the passing game um, with their versatility. So, I, I mean, yeah, the, they can provide, you know, that that speed and athleticism and targets for Patrick Mahomes. So I'm really excited for the five wide receivers and the three tight ends and and all the things that Andy Reid could do with the weapons that he has. Yeah, it's and, and you alluded to it before, you know, how important Kelsey is to to Mahomes and subsequently to this offense. And, and we've been really lucky that um, he's, he's been injury free. Right. Um, but he's getting older. And if there's any concern that I have that could derail this season, it's uh, not, I, I it's, you, you have national pundits who think his skill set will deteriorate. I think what, what you kind of mentioned before is he's not the fastest person out there anyway, although he's, he's quicker. I mean, when you saw him run through the San Diego or the Los Angeles chargers <laughs> last season for the game winning touchdown. Uh, but I I'm concerned about him being more as he's gotten older and being more susceptible to injury, just the natural wear and tear, especially with the amount of steps and the yardage snaps and the yardage that he has on his legs that, you know, if, if he were to go down for a, a significant period of time, you know, what that tight end group suddenly looks different. And so does our wide receiver group suddenly look different. It's um, we need him healthy for all 17 games of, of this season, for sure. Yeah, because. I mean, before it was Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you kind of shared that. um they were kind of the safety valves for Mahomes and Henny in the playoff game against the Browns. Like when the chiefs needed to play, those two guys were going to find a way to get open. And that's, that's who was going to make the play. 
So yeah, Tyreek Hill's gone. There's maybe a little bit more pressure on on Kelsey to be that. And I think he can. I don't think it's actually, I mean, going to affect him. But like you said, if he gets hurt, who's going to be able to step up and fill that void? Mm-hmm. So I mean, next to Mahomes going down, Kelsey would have a significant impact on our offensive production. Yep. Agreed. So I'm going to knock on wood here. I do not want that. That happened. Um, buy, buy all those Kel- what are the Kelsey flakes or what's his? Yeah, Kelsey Crunch. Kelsey Crunch. Find, find them at your local Hy-Vee, even though they're not sponsoring us directly. They are possibly indirectly sponsoring us. <laughs> all right. So let's go on to the offensive line. Um, we we kind of know the starting offensive line. Andrew Wiley is going to be the starting right tackle, looks like, going into week one, which – Stan and I talked about a little bit last week. I'm not super thrilled about that, but if that's the only position on the offensive line that um, that the Chiefs need to be worried about or need to be aware of, then I think that's fine. Um, let's see. I, I saw some people were surprised that Darian Kennard uh, made the team. There was a lot of... Um, excitement about him after the draft, but I guess he just hasn't been getting good reviews from local media um, from what people have seen at camp. So um, I don't have any thoughts on that. I just, I was personally just surprised throughout the preseason that he hasn't got more reps with the second and first team. And that just tells me that, yeah, that he hasn't performed the way that a lot of fans we're expecting him to perform because when he first got drafted, people were already talking about him as the right tackle starting right tackle for this season, uh, how that he was going to, you know, be that run blocking mauler next to the rest of them on the offensive line. So um, looks like he barely squeezed his way onto the team. Um, I don't know if that means anything. Definitely shouldn't mean anything this season, hopefully, but um, if there was some excitement or expectations for him to contribute in the next few years and possibly be the right tackle of the future, it's not necessarily off to a great start. Yeah. And, and you know, I, again, I'm going to blame that on the media, right? That was all just pre the, the, he's not a first round pick or a second round pick. You know, he's, he was a later round pick and for them to project him to take over that right tackle spot is, it was just them telling us, you know, telling a story that everybody wanted to buy into mm-hmm. that, you know, the chiefs are going to keep working that magic. He's, he's a project, you know, and, and basically the media sold us, sold us a different story. And so I don't think it's fair to say that he's not living up to that expectation. He's, he's probably where he was drafted, right? Yeah. That's, that's why he was there. And so that's, that was just something that was made up by the media and so uh, he's a he's a project he, in, in, the, in the later rounds the, the chief saw a potential in him and they're probably going right in. He's probably doing exactly what they anticipated. The media tried to set different expectations. And as a result, you know, all the fan, you know, as a fan base, because we believe what the media was selling because uh, we didn't have access to that information. Um, and not that they were trying to, to sell anything. I mean, you know, they're looking at practices. I mean, how often were you reading, you know, training camp? I mean, they were, they were reporting on somebody caught a, made a nice catch on a pass. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. We could see that in high school, you know, high school practices during this seven on seven, somebody made a nice catch. So 
you know, they have to put something down. And so creating a, a great story there would be something to put down. But he's a project. And I would have been more concerned if they cut him because then they were like, hey, you know, they're we didn't, we don't even see value as a project. So I'm 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 very comfortable with this offensive line. And I think as you, as you mentioned, in you know, in the previous years, we've chat, we've had that issue of, of gaining that yard or or making um, you know, when we've needed to gain a yard or two with the run game, it hasn't been there. But I think we've 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 got a whole different offensive line last year into this year, and they should be much more effective in controlling that line of scrimmage, even in a run game. So I'm, I'm excited to, to see that more than anything. The, a, the protection of Mahomes, and B, uh, a more productive run game when it's called upon. All right. So we spent a lot of time on the offense, running out of time here. So let's quickly go through the defense before we sign off here. Uh, defensive line, uh, they kept 10. Four defensive tackles, all returning players from last season, Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Tershawn Wharton, and Colin Saunders. I'm not, not surprised at all about those, those four, and I'm excited about them. Um, and let's see. Our, the Chiefs addressed their, their pass rush, their edge rush this year, drafting George Kloptis in the first round, and they signed Carlos Dunlap, um, the veteran pass rusher, late in free agency. So um, excited to see what those two new players can bring and hopefully they can, you know, produce to help this defense in the really the weakest part I felt like on their defense last season is their ability to get to the quarterback. So, um, you know, Frank Clark, uh, Mike Dana, Joshua Kando and Malik Herring, you know, round out that those six, um, so it looks like Dana and Karloftis will probably take most of the reps to start the season opposite Frank Clark with Carlos Dunlap rotating in there on situational situational um, pass rushes, pass rushing downs. Uh, are there any thoughts that you had from, from the defensive line? I thought that one of the interesting cuts was, um, let's see, Danny Shelton. He was one of the players that, we signed he was just the massive massive individual that we signed later and people thought could push some of our defensive tackles and ends up getting cut yeah i'm underwhelmed i mean we're seeing the same pretty much the same names that we saw last year on the offensive line and we saw what that what what the results were there so you know i don't carloftis is a rookie um i don't think he's going to be a lot and nope. I don't know that Carlos Dunlap is going to make, you know, he could be an Okafor or, or, you know, you know, could he be an Ingram? I, yeah. Uh, what's that? Could he be an Ingram? Or uh, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I mean, that, that would be helpful if, if that were the case, but you know, when, when we look at our defensive tackles, I've seen those names and I've, and I've seen a track record. So I don't know why we would expect anything else, especially when it comes to the run game defense. And, you know, maybe we've upgraded a little bit on our defensive end, possibly with, with Carl Loftus. But, you know, if, if, if we're counting on Frank Clark coming in, basically 
and and having a year that he hasn't had with us maybe since his first year with us in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I I think this is one of the cases that we're we're looking through rose-colored glasses. I I don't see this defensive line uh, um, improving significantly, and I think that's going to create an issue on our young defensive backs. And, and subsequently, with the teams that we're playing, especially within our division, that our our defense is is going to look unless Spagnolo can do something, you know, again, halfway through the season, get right the ship. But by then it could be too late with the schedule that we're facing. Yeah. So I'm, I, yeah, I, I, I have a lot more, if there's anything I have concerns about, it's, it's this defensive line because they, dic- they, they'll dictate the success of the rest of our team. And again, I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody who wows me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pass rush might be a problem, especially well, at least for the front, the front four. I do think that stopping the run should be should be better this season, mostly because of the linebackers that we have. Uh, Nick Bolton's really really showed a lot his rookie season. Willie Gay's finally healthy. Um, Leo Chanel, Chanel, I don't even know how you say it. Still, people keep going back and forth. Um, you know, he's a run stopping linebacker. I don't think he'll play that much. Um, I think he'll give up a lot of uh, playing time to Darius Harris, who's our fourth linebacker uh, just because Darius Harris knows the, the defense well. Um, and he, he might have that green dot when uh, Nick Bolton needs a rest. Um, but I'm really excited to see our linebackers play just because they're, they're young and they're fast. And that's just something that the chiefs have lacked on defense the last few years. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can bring. Hopefully they can, um, offset some of the liabilities on the front four. But again, that the front four is really what sets the, the tone for the defense. So um, that just remains to be seen. Um, defensive backs, uh, Legereus Sneed is coming back. Trent McDuffie, first round pick opposite him. Rashad Fenton's coming back. And then our late round rookies, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams um, are, you know, made the roster and should be, should be both contributing. Um, late and then safeties Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed are going to be starters Reed's basically taking over for Matthew um and then Brian Cook was a was an early pick for us and he's he's a bruiser he's going to hit hard um and then Deion Bush so some youth in the back end um but you know there's some room for growth and I think that we're kind of set up for the future we'll just see We'll see how the defensive line and the the secondary kind of complement each other or make each other worse this season. So um, kind of running out of time. Hopefully we have time for the sign off, but um, sorry, we kind of rushed the end of this, but um, thanks everybody for listening. Check us out on social media at chiefly football. I hope you guys have a great night signing off for Dave. I'm Kinlock and we'll talk at you guys later.